0: This is Making It Happen by Sims, a podcast that brings people, business and technology together. So welcome back to another episode of Making It Happen with Sims, um, our podcast. Today we've got Mark Sumner with us. Um, so thank you, Mark, for joining us and, um, and welcome. Um, if you'd like to, to give us a brief introduction about yourself and what it is you do, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so, yeah, I do two things. First thing is I run a recruitment company for sales, marketing, and tech for the IT channel. I've done that for the last 25 years uh, throughout the whole of EMEA. And I also run, which is, I because I've run a podcast. I also run a, a podcast called Channel Chat, which is a, a podcast for the IT channel uh, where I get CEOs on uh, talking about leadership, sustainability, all the current trends in the market. So, hopefully,
0: some shared topics that on to help your listeners as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, that sounds great. Um, so, I guess just just leaning on that um, with your expertise and 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 kind of the areas you work in, um, could you kind of give us a, a general overview on on kind of where the landscape is here in the UK at the moment, particularly in the channel um, and how it's kind of evolved over the recent years?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, in my opinion, well, the IT channels had a good three or four years since the pandemic. Yeah. Um... They, they've had boom time really, to be honest with you. So I think there's been a lot of opportunity for distribution to um, get more partners on, partners on to offer more services to, to their end users and the vendors to enter the market. I think with the, the, especially through COVID, with adoption coming on, you know, most partners, most vendors, most distributors had had record years. So the landscape is, uh, good opportunities, there's a lot of M&A activity going on at the moment with consolidation, um, lots of acquisitions, there's also lots of VC money and private equity money coming into the market. It's stalled a bit, I would say, in the last six months, but for the last three years, it's been uh, a, an industry that people want to invest in and they can see the growth in. So I, I would say it's a great opportunity currently in the UK channel.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I could agree more. Um and i suppose it's it's something that everyone keeps keeps falling on and and probably will for for many many years but you mentioned covid there um i guess we're we're looking we're looking back at 2020 2021 now and i mean from our perspective and I, and i guess you saw this as well that that kind of saw a real need for kind of a, a digital transformation with people working from home and you know people um being a lot more remote as a a workforce in in the channel. Um, Do you think, How I guess, how do you think that specifically kind of um, affected the IT channel ecosystem and and how people look at recruiting in particular?
1: Yeah, well, it's an interesting one because, yeah, COVID brought on adoption to these methods. Let's be honest, I think most people didn't really... Relied too heavily on their IT department, or didn't see that as the focus. You know, if, you, if I look at CTOs now, they're a crucial part of decision making now. Whereas before pre-COVID, it was almost like can I keep the wheels in motion. Now it's actually a more strategic role. So I think there was a there's a lot of dependency on 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 IT now, especially around yeah remote working, um, cloud compute. And if I look at it, the last three years. You know, end compute, everyone was buying laptops in, in 2020. Then it was like, can they be secure? So it was all talking about security. And now this year, maybe it's all about AI. So I think the pace has really accelerated as well. And suddenly companies are looking at it and thinking, right, how can we be more agile? And it's not just operational efficiencies either. It's work from anywhere, agile IT, how can we make the wheels go faster? And I think they're relying on the decision making of the CTOs rather than the CEOs at the moment. I think, this, you know, a CTO, they got a lot of kudos in 2020 and 2021 and 2022. So there's been a lot of planning for them and the, and the digital transformation accelerated that pace. And, and it will only continue now because I think everyone at the moment is trying to become an expert in either cloud security or AI. If you're not doing that, you, you're going to be struggling in this market.
0: Yeah no so I guess you're what you're saying is that the kind of a model that that the partners need to uh, adopt is to remain relevant um, by kind of using that that cloud computing and, and using the the expertise of the CTO as opposed to it kind of previously coming from from other areas. You think that is there any kind of um, I'm sorry is there any kind of particular offerings or business models that 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 you think are are really key to them remaining relevant in kind of cloud computing and in the transformation part?
1: Remaining relevant? Well, I, I think it's leading with it now, isn't it? If yeah. months, if you, when I started looking at it when we had COVID, you had loads of webinars from companies that were talking about, yeah, we're experts in in cloud computing, we're experts in this. And it's like, you're not. You just, you had no expertise in it. But everyone tried to jump on that bandwagon because suddenly it was like, it was, it was not a... It was a necessity. You know, there was loads of people that didn't even there was loads of end users that didn't even have laptops. They only had desktops. They couldn't work from home. And and if they did work from home, how would they know it was even going to be secure? So I think it's just a necessity now. I think most most companies, uh, end users that are working in the IT channel and buying from the IT channel are now relying more on expertise and um information rather than, oh, actually, we'll just decide what we need to do and if we need to buy a few laptops and and can we get them secure and and can we log on from home? I think they're leading with dis- discussions now of saying, well, how can we actually be more agile? What platforms do we need? How can we be secure? And those conversations, it might happen with these bigger companies, but most SMEs weren't having that conversation with their, with their partners, especially their reseller partners. It was like... And i get some laptops and what's the price So now it's like well how, how can we how can we actually maintain them what's the services wrap around how can they be secure from home where can they work from so i think if you're not leading with that you're, you're probably going to struggle in the foreseeable
0: yeah so yeah. i guess yeah i guess what you're saying is um from that initial boom that has now become the norm and, yeah. and, and that's absolutely what everyone's realized, um, that they need and they're going to continue needing. And I, and I guess ultimately a lot of businesses in the channel have kind of revolutionized or remolded their structure and, and, and the way they're off, they're offering support and services, um, no, really interesting. Thanks for that. That's that's really good. Um, so I guess moving over to kind of partnerships specifically, I mean, I know this is an expertise, expertise mm-hmm. of yours and, and where you work and with clients and your colleagues alike i guess at the moment the kind of vendor partner relationship like it kind of specifically looking at it from from the vendor perspective um i don't know, how do you think that's evolving to meet market demands at the moment and and, and has that changed recently yeah that's a, that's an interesting one because
1: there's so many vendors out there you know if i look at security they're what ten thousand vendors whenever it is something crazy so how do they stay relevant you know, I I think they've got a tough job and they've had a bit of a kick in the last sort of six months. You know, there's loads of companies, sorry, loads of vendors now shipping staff. They've overhired through the boom. Um, so how they stay relevant is going back to old school tactics they did before, going back to into partners, going back to in into partner programs, going in to see their clients. You know, I'm seeing a lot more trends back into speaking to people um, going, I wouldn't say floor walking, but going into those customers and trying to actually establish those relationships face-to-face because there's so much competition now um, and the end user, let's be honest, the end user is quite naive to it. So if I'm, a, if I'm an end user and I'm looking for a security solution, I'm having to rely on the partner to advise me. And let's be honest, half the partners if they're agnostic, they not they are not sure But they've got so many vendors coming into the market. So I'm looking at the, the vendors that are being successful are having very close relationships with their partners, making sure they've got their accreditations, making sure they've got the technical capabilities to actually educate their end users. Those vendors are doing well. The more generic ones, I think, are struggling. You know, if I, if I look at some of the 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 more uh, the PC vendors, for example they're in all sorts of trouble because most people, if I look at companies that were hiring through the pandemic, you know, a typical example would be a company that had 1500 staff. They might have boomed through 2,300 staff. They bought 900 laptops. They've gone back to 1500 staff. They've got suddenly 900 spare laptops so that the end user compute, you know, for the next two or three years, it's gonna be a real, real struggle. So I'm looking at the vendors that are gonna do well is, Close relationships with partners, having established partner programs, going in and having proper relationships with, and I, I don't I don't like saying floor walking, but actually going into the partners, and having those relationships, and then working with the, the the partner to educate the end user. Because the end user is still very naive to walk, cause, because the pace of the IT is moving so quickly, the end user are still very naive as to what they need and what they want moving forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely and 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 I think I think we see that at a distribution level. Um we almost see that firsthand that particularly with with us the end user is so far detached um because we have that next level of of resellers um and and many service providers in between us and, and the end user. Um so yeah, it's it, that's always a tough one, but I think you're right in in terms of vendors, I think You know pre-pandemic it was it was almost just the norm you know like you said floor walks i don't like that phrase either um but it was almost like again at a distribution level like the vendors you needed to be seen you needed to be seen you needed to be in there and that was historically how we how we worked with with our customers um but i think you're right i think that's something that's coming back and that's something that the vendors are going to be engaged in more so um yeah no really interesting insight thanks for that um, and I guess looking at the other side, um, how do you think uh, the resellers themselves are, are kind of having to having having to meander themselves and and, and regroup um, in in these current times, as opposed to the vendors? Yeah,
1: it's an interesting one for these because I've got quite a strong opinion on it because I look at the. Let's call the three terms they've got. You either call yourself a partner or a reseller, you're calling yourself a solution provider, or you're calling yourself a managed service company.
0: Yeah.
1: Mishmash of all the same thing. Now, what's happening is we're having cooperation as the as the term is. So you're looking at partners now working together on alongside services they can't uh, actually deliver themselves. An example would be there, there's a there's a company up for Managed Service Provider of the Year at CRN. They're outsourcing their services. They're not even doing it themselves. Now, I find that unbelievable. They're up for an award. I won't say who it is, but they're up for an award for something they actually outsource and they actually don't deliver. But I'm looking at now competition through partners. So partners are now having to work with other partners and other MSPs to actually deliver the service to the end user. Because the end user now are going back to the naivety of him. They want to engage with one person. But they want global capabilities. They want in-country expertise. They want hardware, software, services, professional services, consultancy. Most companies can't do that. Um, what's happening is so I'm looking at where the some of the the partners are really struggling is when they've just been selling kit and they haven't really jumped on the services bandwagon. And if they haven't, they haven't done the competition. They haven't sort of had partnerships. Um, through other service providers or MSPs or whatever term you want to call them to actually deliver the service to the end user. So, but I hear of this all the time. I'm hearing partners calling up distributors and then delivering their services. I'm hearing vendors, you know, Microsoft can't deliver their own services, but so they're outsourcing it to a service provider. I'm hearing, you know, a Microsoft partner can't deliver services who so is outsourcing it to another service provider. Happens all the time. And the challenges for the end user. They're getting charged more because everyone's adding on margin. It might be going through three or four layers. Everyone's adding margin, but the 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 good news is for the the uh, the the service providers and the partners: um, competition, collaboration, more opportunity, delivering services, um, getting tighter with the end users. So, so for them, it's still a very very good time unless you're just dealing with end user compute at the moment you're going to be struggling with that so you, you have to jump on the purposes bandwagon
0: and at least collaborate with other partners or msps sure and and do you think that's something that's being being driven kind of at c-suite level a, a, across the channel across resellers that it, it's it's imperative that that services piece is is where they're kind of driving forward and you know we we've kind of moved away from it from a world of um, of, of let's let's call it box shifting or, or, or moving hardware, um, where you know you had a lot of resellers sat in that space and they were relying on that hardware, moving that hardware, and that was where they were making their money. Do you think now that there's a that there's a real requirement for for services to be tied in and to be pushed?
1: It, it, it is, and it's and it's competitive. The sure. services market is really really competitive. You've, you're seeing a lot of partners that had relationships with end users, but we're standing on one thing. You know, and it could be. Let's talk managed print. They're selling a managed print. There's lots of managed print resellers now looking at it and thinking, Do you know what? I've got a relationship with this partner, and I've got a, a recurring revenue with them. I can sell them security, but if I sell them security, I'm a, can I sell them a wraparound service? Can I sell them professional services and security? And it's opened up this whole plethora of opportunities that they might not be able to deliver. So they're having to go out to the partner community, and other partners, and they partic- their and their their competitors to have. Relationship they might not have had before. And it was all underground before. They might have been white labeling it and pretending they did the services and pretending they could actually deliver it. Now it's quite open. You know, it could be soft cap of uh, uh, delivering a, uh, an end user compute the opportunity, but it's obvious that it's a, another service provider that's delivering a service and they're not even white labeling now. So I think that's good for the channel. I think you know, there's lots of healthy competition and cooperation helping each other. But I think what's happening at the the, moment—the only thing I would say—the downside of potentially is for the end user, they might be getting charged more margin. It's more more expensive because everyone's adding their margin on. But I think uh, for the channel and the ecosystem of the channel, it's a good thing because you've got distribution adding more value to resellers and vendors. You've got vendors now looking at partners and thinking actually they can collaborate more. Um, And for the partners, it's it's a better opportunity because they can deliver services they they've never had the capabilities to do before um and still have the relationship with the end user. So I think that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um and, and and I guess you've seen it firsthand with 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 clients you were with, um, where they've had to kind of evolve and 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 move their business away from from something particularly specific and and looking at other areas to engage and, and crop and try and grow. Um and and I guess, you know, looking at looking at sims, um looking at the way we work as a business, we are very much a, a a dedicated memory and storage specialist. Um so we're very niche. but you know i I guess even we pose the question at times, will there be a you know will, will there come a time where actually we need to start looking outside of such a specific part of the channel and um perhaps divulge in other areas? I mean, it, from from your, um, expertise and, and, and you know your experience, maybe with with a with a distributor like ourselves. What what would you say in, in that? Do you think it's would well, you think it's, it's good a... being being very specific, or do you think broadening your your horizons um, might bring some more opportunity? Well, uh, it, it's a it, it's a real it's a real challenging one because I
1: I do think if you are special and you have got those capabilities. You can have co again with other partners, and other distributors that might not be able to deliver the services, right. um, or, or, or the products, or the kit, or, or whatever you're selling, or the storage, whatever you're selling. So I, I think it's a, it's a it's a balance. Um, what I do think is, um, if you if we don't have a a channel where we're partnering a bit more collaborative, you might some people might just get frozen out. So if you're a specific storage distributor and you only sell memory. And you only do that, and you're not prepared to actually have relationships with I don't know mm. other CMS or other other sort of or Titan or whoever it is, other storage distributors. Maybe there's a challenge there. I I, I don't know. What what I do know is that the the big broadliners are getting bigger. You know, they're they're eating up the the the, the competition. They're going buying through acquisition, so they're getting bigger. They will start jumping on, and if I've jumped on the bandwagon of specialism, so. Ingram security or West Coast Security or whatever it is, and um, when there was just more broadline. So the specialist distributors have either got to do two things. They've they've either got to broadline themselves, collaborate, or potentially get swallowed up. Difficult yeah. market, I think. I think it's difficult market distribution. Yeah. So but you want to stand out. Um, and want to 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 grow unless you, there's big finances because the the bigger ones are getting bigger and um, you know I don't know how many is it 15 in, in the UK I don't, I don't know how many it is but the, the 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 big ten are are um are going into eating everyone's lunch and uh, and the specialist ones are suddenly putting themselves up to to need to get to get more specialists and collaborate with them more. It's difficult, I think, difficult market.
0: Yeah, know, no, absolutely. And and yeah, like I say, something very relevant to us and something we need to be, to be very aware with, aware of moving forward. Um, but I think I've seen you mention this before, um, maybe on LinkedIn or something where I've been following you, but I feel like I've, I've heard you say that distributors are worth their weight in gold. That might not have been exactly your words, yep. but, um, you, we know that resellers are huge. We know we have those direct relationships with vendors. Do you think there'll always be a place for distribution? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think you know people people
1: mm. talk about you know cutting out distribution or going direct or going direct to the end user. That that's that's never going to happen. Seventy five percent of world trade goes through a third party, so there's there's yeah. there's always going to be a, a, a landscape for distribution. And also as well, the the, the distribution, um, in my opinion, and you can tell me differently, but the distributors I know are becoming a bit more like a marketplace. They are really adding value. They are already marketing. They are adding expertise. They're not just a, a fulfillment center or, or just supplying kit. They're doing much more than that. Um, that's providing value to the channel. And while they provide value, they're going to stay relevant. And most people can see that the value of a channel of going through partnerships, you know, I think that would, you know, I'm a very pro-channel person. I, you know, I, I do recruit for end users by, you know, by historical... Um, experience has been through the channel. I think the channel will thrive. I think 2024 will be another good year because people are forced to have partnerships. And, and I can tell that's happening. For uh, An example would be a partner told me yesterday they, they've called up West Coast, they're trying to offer them services. So the the, the partner, that's going up the chain again now. So once it's gone from vendor, distributor, reseller, once it's going from reseller, distributor up again, that channel partnership's are going to continue that's only good for the child to thrive so distribution are right in the middle of it
0: they're very relevant they're always going to have a job brilliant that's well that's good news um you're still got yet... a job Sam don't <laughs> worry. I, I, I won't be knocking on your door tomorrow <laughs> uh, no, I... no I think I... that's a really interesting point you made there about kind of going up and down um up and down the channel and, and kind of moving Vendor, reseller, end user, and, and back up. And I guess looking at it holistically, um, looking at all those all those partners involved in the channel, it's quite exciting, actually, that they're, they're starting to talk and work together yeah. more and, 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 and lean on each other. So, I mean, yeah, great news for us and, and great news you know, for you and, and everyone else involved in the channel. And, and, to, and to add on that point, son, that, 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 to me,
1: has been the key difference since since COVID. Right. Compared to now are working in cooperation, they're working together when they can't deliver a service or they're recommending each other, et cetera. That is good. That is good for to keep it within the channel. That's good for it to keep it thriving. That's good for the end user. That's good for the end user getting the right service and the right expertise, not just saying, oh, I can do that and then trying to work out how I could do it. I think that's that's really good. So that, so that constant communication is good
0: for, for the channel in general. Brilliant. And just touching on end users there, I know you've mentioned a couple of times that there's maybe a, a, a sense of naivety, um, or that they're blind, you know, they're blinkered to to to, to a number of, of things that are going on, and maybe they're they're ended up being charged a bit more because services are being passed around. Um, but I guess from an end user perspective, what, what do you think they're really looking for in uh, in a supplier, in an IT supplier, and a the service product, provider? What do you think are the main criteria that they're looking for? They're 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 looking for what everyone is looking
1: for. Most most end users are naive. They're naive. They're they're not. You know, if you look at the well, I'm a typical CEO. I'm naive to 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 the the complexity of IT. Who I should be working with, etc. So what they're looking for is agility, nimbleness, um, good good advice, capabilities, global capabilities, and a one stop shop. Everyone can't do that. And I do get that everyone can't do that. But with cooperation and, and working together within the ecosystem of that channel, we can provide the service. So if I'm looking at a partner, or I'm looking at them, and I don't need this because I, I I don't do, do global, I've got global people, but if I'm a global organisation, I'm looking for, have they got global reach? Can they provide services in multi countries? Um, can they provide a full range of service, professional services, consultancy, through the whole plethora of IT, can they do a timely service? Is it good customer services? And do I like working with them? That's it. Now most partners can't deliver all that. I get that, um, but together they should have relationships where they can and have one single point of contact. Because when you start having it where you've got one reseller providing uh, the desktops and then they bring in another partner to do the security, and actually, do you know what? We can't. You know, we can't do um, a break and fix contract. So we're going to bring in someone else. And then, oh, actually, we can't do in-country, so we're gonna outsource that to someone else. It's four or five people in the chain, all trying to make money in it all the time. That is challenging. So most end users want great advice, simple, simplifying IT, global capabilities, honest relationship, advisory, rather, and, and proactiveness in the in the advice. Coming to customers and saying, Well, look, you're doing X, this is you should be doing Y. With and that's not just cost reduction, that's actually how to scale, et cetera. Because most, like I said, if companies are lucky enough to have a CTO. That's great. But most companies, SMEs, might well, not have a CTO. They might just be owner managed, like myself, and relying and really relying on the
0: expertise of a partner. Yeah, no. Yeah, interesting. And um, uh, yeah, I guess I already, like you said, a one-stop shop in an ideal world is, is perfect, isn't it? If you can yeah. go to one person and say, this is what we're going to need over the next however long how can you help me to 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 make my bike move faster how can you and and i guess from from the reseller perspective it's kind of getting um getting under the skin of, of the end user and understanding really what they need and and, and kind of trying to position yourself as you're there for them as opposed to they're, they're there for you but
1: let's 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 be really honest sam right most partners most resellers sign up a contract for an end user for a year contract or two year contracts don't speak to them again. Yeah, they just they just leave them and just wait to call up until they, they something's broke, or they need more laptops.
0: So is that that's, the norm? I I don't know. I I, I, do. I don't
1: get I don't get involved at that level. Yeah, that's, of, you that's, you know, that's what they do. That's what they do now. The proactive ones are a bit more on the front foot and they're going in and advising clients. Clients need to be led. The end user needs to be led by the partner or or the ecosystem of the channel because they they're naive to it. They don't really know. They don't really know what they don't know. They're in their business. You know, if you've got a financial um, company, market or insurance company, they're not not thinking about the complexities of, you know, agile IT or if if this security pollution is better or how I can protect myself against this. They're not thinking about that. They need to rely on the advice of the partner. The partner sometimes just wants to sign up the contract, get it for a year. That's it. Call us when there's a problem. Partners need to go on the front for the, the ones that do well, who I've seen do well, are very proactive with having the relationships. So they are they are the extension of the, um, the company's IT department. In fact, they are the IT's, IT department. They're just outsourced. They're, they're really relying on it. They're not just waiting up for the phone call saying, I've got 50 new starters, I need 50 laptops, or, or one of them's broken. that that That's poor. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of partners that do that.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt there is no doubt there is, and the ones that succeed are the ones that, like you say, are proactive and and so and really they- and really do make a difference and really do offer value. Um, I guess moving moving away slightly from from the, the the channel itself and and kind of looking at kind of current affairs and, and recent uh, recent buzzwords, one of the big ones being sustainability, and I guess this is relatable for end, what end users are looking for, also what resellers are, are, are pushing and promoting, but. I mean, how important do you think the sustainability message is in in our channel? And um, how do you think it's best for, for, for channel partners to go and push that message out and, and benefit from it?
1: Yeah, this is a really interesting uh, topic, probably a contentious, contentious answer I'm going to give. <laughs> um, ESG or sustainability um, is on the agenda for the bigger companies. You know, if I'm looking at um, large organisations, it's on the CEO's agenda. Um, they've got sustainability policies. They're looking for partners that have got sustainability policies, and they're pushing the sustainability agenda, etc. And obviously, doing the next right thing. 100% agree with that. I still believe it's not on no one's agenda under 200 staff or 300 staff, and they haven't got a sustainability policy, and they're not even thinking about it. That that's that's my opinion. Is it important? Yes, really important to do the next right thing. Do we need to look at sustainability? Is it a big opportunity for the channel? Absolutely. It's a it's a huge talking point. But every time I've really challenged someone on it, um I had a I had a CEO yesterday in um and I, I said to him, Have you got sustainability? Obviously, will assume what's your view in it? No idea, Mark. No idea. Yeah. And he's got 380 employees. He wow. said, No idea, Sam. Yeah. So I'm looking at that, and that that is that is the subject is ubiquitous through, throughout the channel, and everyone's talking about it. But you mentioned about a buzzword at the moment; it's still a bit of a buzzword for lots of companies or small organizations. So yes, it's on the agenda of large organizations, enterprises, mid market above, SMEs. I don't think they're really thinking about it. They certainly haven't got policies around it, um, and I
0: don't think they're really pushing it out into the market. Yeah, no, interesting view, and I guess it's I guess it's quite personable, really. To again, obviously, to the to the size of the business, it's relatable to the size of the business, and you know, it's 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 a topic that's spoken about a lot in the news, a lot in the press. Everybody knows that you know, global warming and 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 such things are are really um, prevalent and have been for the for the past year or so, probably longer now. So like you said, those, those larger organizations absolutely will, that will be part of their agenda because they have to, because they have to be relevant and they have to show they're doing their thing. But really interestingly, and using Sims again, as an example, I suppose it ultimately comes down to the CEO or, or the C-suite and, and, and actually what their agenda is and what their views are on it. So, you know, our CEO here, Andrew is very, very much into sustainability and very much into thinking green and pushing forward and as such. We've made huge, huge strides as a business into becoming net zero. And right. it's something that we're, you know, that we're really proud of as a business of, of you know, 30 odd employees. Um, so yeah, I, I guess ultimately it, it, it really depends on, um, on kind of leading from the top down. And on that point though,
1: with the, there's, if you were dealing with a smaller organization, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be asking your CEO, what's your sustainability policy?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: most of them wouldn't be interested. It's like, can you deliver this memory or storage over the next few days in a timely fashion? They're interested in the service, so don't get me wrong. It's very, very important. Um, it is down to individuals, but it, I don't see it on people's agenda at smaller organisations. Maybe it will, but definitely um, mid market above. It's now it's
0: now on their on their agenda for sure, hundred percent. I think there's mixed views on that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, absolutely, I, I, I agree. There's certainly mixed views on it, and there's no right or wrong. But I guess you know, if we fast forward five years, will it be an absolute 100% must? You need to be this. You need to be meeting X, Y, Z. Otherwise, we can't work with you.
1: I, th- I definitely think I, I definitely think there'll be companies that won't work with companies if they haven't got a sustainability policy, or they're, or they're not going there either, net zero, or they're doing something mm-hmm. 100%. But also as well, Sam, that 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 can be a bit smoke and mirrors as well. There, 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 really is a bit of you know we're we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing this. Are you, you know, are you doing that? You know, there's still there's still quite a lot a lot of that in the market. There will be there will be policies though with companies saying, well, look, you know, we need to see you know your sustainability agenda, and we only want to deal with greener companies. That will hundred percent happen, and I think it will have over the next five years. Um, but if you look at that sort of sustainability uh, buzzword if you like it, 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 it sort of kicked off at of COVID We um, yep. really started talking about it, it, ha- it has accelerated you know there's a lot of public sector companies that now will only deal with people that are on frameworks or have some sub- sustainability um, policies which I 100% get um, but I still see
0: it as the, the man on the street, are they thinking about that when they're actually dealing with another company absolutely not no, no. But I guess they're forced to consume it, aren't they? When when, when you're watching the news and there's 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 forest Absolutely. fires and and there's heat waves that are, you know, beyond comprehension and, and continuing. Um Absolutely. I, I, I guess it's, it's just something that's really, really prevalent in our lives now and, and it kind of from my opinion, um where, where I sit in, in my business, it it really makes sense for us I think to to continue pushing that message out.
1: Absolutely, man, and it's and it's a great message. I think everyone should be doing it. I just don't. I think there is definitely, you know, in I I see is mixed reports on it. Mixed sure, reports sure.
0: on the agenda. No, I think that's fair. Um, so, kind of looking forward. I guess I I really want to lean on on your expertise within the kind of businesses you talk to. You you cover a lot of a lot of different partners at different levels within the channel. But is mm-hmm. there any kind of um main is is there any real important advice that that you give to um other potential um employees or employers about how how they should push forward and 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 kind of move on in the current market and and what what will give them an edge what do you think will will give them an edge the, yeah okay for for for, for. And they're looking
1: for jobs. Um, again, this isn't going to be our popular answer, but what we're given the edge is doing the job. Yeah. Um, at the moment, we we have got um, hybrid working has it's been great and it's accelerated and it's making everything more agile. Um, but the leadership now I'm talking to need people back in the office. They're wanting people back in the office. They're wanting to be get their teams back in the office. And so I, when I try to give someone advice for a candidate, I say to them, get around the leadership. There's going to be opportunities for management, um, senior management, sales director jobs, sales manager jobs, marketing director jobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How are you going to put yourself in the shop window getting around the leadership? Where is leadership? In the office. Um, so when I actually say to candidates, you know, I, and this again, it's going to be quite contentious, I don't see that many people from getting promoted working from home. I just don't, because you're not going to be recognized by the leadership. And don't get me wrong, it will always be hybrid work and there'll always be flexibility. I 100% get that. But I don't believe anyone, any CEO or any MD that wants to get their, the next top job in the channel, if they're working from home, I think they won't get it. Because they're just not going to be recognised. You know, people now are looking at it and thinking, "Do you know what? Where's my next manager from? Where's my next leader from?" Um, can't see them. Can't see them. and and that's difficult. In it, unless teams were formed just for the pandemic, um, you know, you might have a chance. But you know, if if I if I place someone in a in a role and they say to me, "I want to get promoted," and they're permanently from home, how are you going to do that just based on your outputs? very very difficult so I, my advice would be get around leadership get in in the office make yourself indispensable and why do that because there's going to be opportunities because people aren't in the proximity of the office that you might just win by proxy because you just might be in the right place at the right time so put yourself in the shop window and there's going to be some good opportunities come up
0: yeah and no, i'm really interested there to, to to kind of um touch on remote working and, and hybrid not something that I was actually actually thinking of bring it up, but really, really interested in it. That's the view because we've heard a lot about this since the pandemic and obviously everyone went hundred percent remote because they were forced to. Um, but there's, there's partners I've worked with who were, who were doing hybrid working long before the pandemic mm-hmm. and, and, you know, they, they found it, they found it beneficial for, for certain parts of their business. Um, I guess what you're saying is that, that, that leadership are looking for more people to be in the office because they're easier to to kind of see what they're doing, or, or is it because they can they can work kind of interdepartmentally better? Or I mean, what what do you think the the, the real benefit of of being on premises? If I if I look at hybrid working,
1: if you want a career, get into the office. If you want a job, work from home. Because, there, of course, there's partners out there, there's vendors out there, there's distributors out there. Um, in fact, most distributors are trying to get people back to the office. But if you, if I look at... You, you mentioned like remote working for some of the partners. Yes, they do. I don't see that person who goes and gets a, an account manager job at a remote working partner suddenly becoming the sales director. Okay. I, I so, so, it's, so it's you're, about you're progression. You're going to get that job. You're going to get that job, and you'll be based on your outputs. People, there's going to be opportunities for people that might not even have the best of skills but they're in the vicinity of being in the right place at the right time they're going to guess by default get an opportunity to become sales directors head, head of category solution architects leaders so or whatever the job career that you might do just because they're in the environment yeah now uh, of course hybrid work has worked for everyone you know we have hybrid working i have hybrid working you know I, i'm recruited for that all the time but again the word on the street is if you want to get promoted if you want to get the top jobs you need to be around leadership where is leadership it's in the office. so this see, is, you don't see many ceos sitting
0: at home five days a week no, no, agree, agree so this is for the this is for the people setting the bar high and 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 looking to go out and climb the ladder you're, you're saying yeah, to them, you, know, be listen, sitting, you be seen be, be there yeah if you want a job great Work from home,
1: etc. I'm I'm saying to you, if if you're if you're a if you're a trainee at computer centre, and you're permanently work, working from home, how are you going to get recognised for any promotion? Just what sure. on your outputs? No chance. Absolutely no chance. You have to be around leadership, asking for the opportunity. So when you say to me, what advice would I give? And it's not just get into the office. I don't mean that. I mean. Get around leadership because there's going to be opportunities that are coming are going to come up that you're going to know about more than the person sitting at home.
0: Yeah. So be seen it's and going be involved. Yeah. Yeah. No, I disagree with that. No. Great. Um, and do you think there are any particular kind of emerging opportunities on the horizon? Be that from a technological point of view, or perhaps from um perhaps from kind of the way that companies want to work now do you think that that there's that there's some some emerging technologies or some emergencies on the horizon that that people should be aware of in the channel
1: well i was at canalis two weeks ago and I, I i heard the sort of predictions that it's all going to be ai and that's the yeah, the, yeah. The, the the new revolution i thought you might say ai yeah <laughs> I, was waiting, and, I was waiting for that yeah it, you know everyone's saying that i, I don't see I don't see how people are going to realise that opportunity still at the moment. It's still quite yeah. new. um so yeah. um, to, to me, some going back to my my point earlier, I think the opportunity is, is twofold: getting around leadership and 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 competition, realising that partnerships are the ecosystem and the lifeblood of the IT channel. So, if if you're around leadership and you can get promoted into the right role. And you're really good at forming partnerships with not only your competitors, not only other MSPs, but the service providers, the distribution, the vendors, and you are you get yourself known. You're putting yourself in the shop window to get the opportunities, to get the leads, to get the opportunities, the MDF, the what the the leads, whatever you you want. You, you're putting yourself in the shop window, and I think there's a lot of people now currently, and again, it's not going to be popular, but currently don't realise that why was I successful before? I put myself in the shop window. I did floor walks. I put myself out there. I was around leadership, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they got promoted. I think a lot of people think, well, I'll have this job and these opportunities are going to come to me. They're not. No. They're just not. They're just not. And I see it. I, I try to give advice to people all the time about how to get their career going. Why does this person get the top job? And why does this person, who's got the same trajectory and the same skills, not? They've put themselves in the shop window. They've got a mentor. They're asking for the opportunity. They're collaborating relationships. They're getting the distribution partners. They're getting the vendors. They're getting the resellers. They're just doing the the basics so well, and they're in the right place at the right time. And, you know, opportunity will meet a bit of luck when you put yourself in the right place. And I don't think people do that. And I, I interview a lot of people that will say, oh, yeah, I'm not getting promoted. You know, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I've done the same role for five years. What have you done about it? Nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely nothing. Have you gone to your boss? Nope. Are you working from home? Yeah. What's gonna change? Absolutely nothing. Don't moan if you're not prepared to
0: change it. So it's it's almost about kind of brand me. So brand X. Go and go and make yourself seen, go and make yourself known and and and, and like anything and you know, it's it's almost marketing, isn't it? If you're seen, if you're known, if you're you brand the if there's brand awareness, people will see you and know you. These are the products. When I say to candidates all the time, how do
1: people get these MD jobs, these CEO jobs? How do they get the sales director jobs? They put themselves in the shop window. They they're doers. They're they're in proximity of the leadership. They're doers, they're doing this the, the basics really well. They're in the shop window, they've got really great relationships. You nail those three, you've got a good chance for the next promotion. If you don't you won't. And unfortunately, people people get, they don't like it. They don't like the brutal advice. And, you know, it's not for me. I'm not trying to um, rain on their parade. I'm trying to just tell them, you know, I've seen enough people get the MD jobs and the CEO jobs and the, the sales director jobs over the last 25 years who have got the same capabilities and haven't done it. And, I've put, you know, some of these people I've placed when I was, 21, and I'm 46 now, I've turned their careers go the last 25 years, and I've seen how they've done it. And they've told me how they've done it. They've formed great relationships, they've put themselves in the job window, they've got a mentor, they've asked for the opportunity, they've surrounded themselves by leadership, and they do, they, they do, they go, they ask more responsibility and they go above and beyond. They do the basics really well. Those five basics, um, quite frankly, Sam, aren't,
0: aren't, aren't very popular to do. No no. But... Most people don't want to do them. <laughs> Hard work, hey? Hard work. It's but, 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 but great advice, Mark. Great advice. And and I think that's a great place to 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 kind of end. Um yeah, really yeah. Thank, thank you so much for for your time and and um your insight. Um I'm You're sure welcome. a lot of people a lot, a lot of people will find that information really really valuable. Um so thank you for that. And and I just wanted to give you the opportunity really to um to kind of showcase what you do and and what you're about and and, and I know you do you, you do um some live you do channel chat and you do some live shows so maybe just give us a little bit a, a little bit about that to sign off if you don't mind
1: yeah you know the the, the, the channel that you're I'm particularly passionate about um you know it's a it's a weekly podcast that highlights the, some of the issues that we talked about but I'll get CEOs on we do a live event every year next year we're going to do the reseller the rumble the distribution debate so maybe your CEO could come along um and we'll do another live event at houston and for me i, I want to see these issues talked about all the time and, and and also as well sam candidly not just sort of you know political policies where it's like well I, I'm, I'm saying what i should be saying it's like yeah let's just say how it is we're not yes. upsetting yeah. anyone let's just say how it is um and I, that for me the, the that, that's particularly passionate about i want to give a forum for the it channel to to do to say what they're really thinking whether they just say you know
0: political answers no that's brilliant and um i, I think i can speak for everyone in the channel and, and we do appreciate it and we and you know we we do consume that and we do take note and look forward to uh to more podcasts and look forward to the live and you never know yeah. maybe we'll, maybe we'll be there right
1: yeah absolutely absolutely
0: <laughs> well listen thanks ever so much for your time Mark. You, um all the best and, and yeah we'll catch up soon okay take care bye bye you too bye mate bye